welcome to the podcast. It's episode eight. It's our final World Cup special. And this week, we've got Harry Monaghan. Because I saw like a tweet that was like best football shit houses, and people kind of comment a lot of people who like a Joey Barton, right? But he was crap. He always got sent off. Pickford always gets, yeah. Ramsdale gets put forward for that particular mantle. You, you want someone that does it all, but actually gets results. We talked about that World Cup final, um, what a final it was. And we also talked about whether Qatar's efforts at sports washing was successful. So there's some serious chat, some good chat, but enough of me rambling on. Here is the wonderful Harry Monaghan. <laughs> Um, before we, before you joined us, listeners, uh, Harry and I were just discussing how doing a podcast is a bit like a date when there's just two of you and you're looking directly into each other's eyes. Yeah, because we're quite close to each other. All we'd need is a spaghetti bolognese. We do, and then we could have that moment. Yeah. Um, welcome to the podcast, Harry. I should do a proper introduction. I normally do. I'm going to do it to that camera there. Um, I'm learning to do this to cameras. When I started yeah. this, I didn't do it to cameras. I yeah. just sort of looked into the abyss. Hello and welcome to the podcast. It's episode eight, I believe. Um, yeah, it should be episode eight by now. And it's a World Cup special. It's our last one. I did say last week's was our last one, but the World Cup was so good. that f- The finale was so good, we had to do another one. So I'm delighted to be joined by Harry Monaghan. Good to be I here. I always Monaghan your name, but are you Monaghan? I, I say Monaghan, but some people say Monaghan, including people in my family. I think it's just like a feeling. You've got to feel it out. <laughs> Have you got a vibe? A you vibe know. for it? Well, because I think I've told you this before, but uh, some of my family are par- actually Parsons as well. So. What the yeah. hell? I don't think you have told me that before. Yeah. That's my mother's maiden name. Are we technically related? Well, we could be. Um, Weird it, date. It would be a weird date, but it wouldn't be unlike the West Country, yeah. uh, where I am from. It's so That's so <laughs> hack, isn't it? The worst country where everyone's incest. It's a weird start <laughs> to the podcast. I liked it. Thank so what, you. What are we talking about? The World Cup final. I love this. Yeah. No no guest has taken the reins <laughs> like you have. This is the best thing ever. You've taken the reins of the date, Harry. <laughs> I'm loving it. So the World Cup final. Um, yeah. If you don't know Harry's work, by the way, I'd like to sort of discuss you as a person. You're a fantastic yeah. comedian. You're a good you're a good presenter. <laughs> oh, he's like, you're a fantastic comedian. You're quite a good presenter. On pod- you're a fantastic presenter on a podcast I love called Baking Bad. Yeah. And you've got a number of other podcasts. Baking Bad is one I listen to very regularly because it's about the Great British Bake Off. Yeah. And you do an episode by episode analysis of literally every single bake. Yeah. Um, with Ross Drummond, friend of the show, and occasionally Sean. Yeah who I think only came up for the final one this time because yeah. he's had a baby. You're all spawning children. When's, have you got one coming? <laughs> Not that I know of. Um, but yeah, we do Bake Off and we do treat it like a sporting event. You know, We <laughs> really uh, look into the bakes and judge them and the contestants. It's really funny. Yeah. And actually, you got all the contestants started to listen this year, didn't they? Yeah, honestly, it's been a mad one. Like, Shabira listens, Abdul listens, which, if you've watched the Bake Off, they're the best ones. They are. Right? They, they're finalists. Yeah. Um, spoiler alert. Uh, yeah. I hope you're not watching along. Um, but I, I absolutely loved it. And you do, you do the Pottery Throwdown as well, don't you? We didn't do it last year. We'll maybe do it this year. Please do it, because I love the Pottery the Throwdown. Pot- the Pottery Throwdown, for me, was like, my, I really wanted to do it, because I for ages I was telling everyone to watch the Pottery Throwdown. It's so, so good. It, it's Bake Off, but with clay. Yeah. I think last year, though, it was too close to Bake Off. It was like almost they ran concurrently. So it was kind of like, let's have a break. And yeah, you can't run podcasts permanently. I'm learning this now. <laughs> am I? I'm into, I think, the, I think this is the month of podcasting because I started this podcast literally as the World Cup was starting. Yeah. And I've been turning around. I've been recording them and editing them like the next day. It's been a real uh, undertaking. Yeah. But do you know what? It's been fun. Yeah, they're great. I've watched them. You're too kind. You're and too kind. Them. That's This is why I, I get people who flatter me on. Um, yes. And actually, you're the first one to do so. <laughs> I really misjudged the other guests. Um, if you haven't seen Harry, do go and watch him. But the, we're going to talk about the World Cup, Harry, because it was the final yeah. finale. In terms of the World Cup generally, how have you found it? Have you enjoyed the World Cup? I have enjoyed it. The vibe has obviously been weird for many reasons. Um, I don't like a Winter World Cup. I think it's a bad time for it. But I think the matches have been good. I think England were good. I think my low point was the USA game, England game, not f- for the result, but for the reaction of the England fans. Well, it, it, was it, this, it was it the slightly, slightly anti-Southgate... Just craziness. like Agenda. Come on. It, 
I, I think England were really good this tournament. I actually think Southgate's been really good this tournament, but people hate him. I think people are... It's a weird thing. I asked um, a guest in the future podcast um, today. I'm going podcast mad. And he was sort of of a a kind of indifference to Southgate. Whereas I really like him. And I just think I I kind of want him to be our prime minister. He's just got this lovely sort of genuine approach. And the players clearly love him. And I genuinely think the way we played in that France game was some of the most exciting football England have played ever (laughs) yeah and i i think like if if we played how france played southgate would be have been absolutely like mullered for it because they just play defensively and like hope their good players score and they often do so i just feel like southgate is like sort of an average tactical manager but the just feel of the team and the kind of what he does i think for england is so, so much more than tactics. And international football, it doesn't, tactics don't really matter. I think he's done something impossible. He's made the England players likeable. Yeah. And I think, like, for, for from my memory of England teams, I don't ever remember liking many. And now, there was obviously, you get, like, the big idols come through, like your Beckhams, who all end up turning to ash in front of you yeah um because all heroes die uh and then you get like so you get the odd icon but most of them are relatively unlikable and with no personality and this time we get much more of a vibe of the england camp they all seem like they're good buddies and they all seem to have each other's back and there's a sort of real team vibe a club team vibe yeah and players play better for england than they do their clubs which is like it's always been the opposite like you know the golden generation look at maguire Maguire. I've never seen anyone play much better for their country more than Maguire this year. It was like he's a d- yeah. different player. Yeah, Maguire, Henderson, all of them. Hendo was an interesting one this year. I, I, he just seemed to really have something. Like he felt like he had a point to prove. Yeah, and he and he actually really proved it. Yeah, and fair play, Hendo. Yeah, and I think we've got so much quality in the team. Just having someone sort of running around and shouting isn't a bad bad thing you know? yeah we've got trips we've got henderson if we had cody on i think it would just be the loudest most like shouty vibe you can imagine yeah and that wins you international games i think just in a shouting i, don't, yeah. I think you deafen the other team because that's what argentina are just a load of shouters and messi yeah messi who's like the quietest <laughs> yeah. mouse leader and they all just sort of shout and sort of get in scuffles with the opposition and then give it to messi they, they uh, definitely win the Shithouse Award. And you'd think Uruguay normally win that one. Yeah. I think Argentina in that final. Yeah. Some lovely little shithousery going on. Emmy Martinez is shithouse king legend. He is the shithousing king. Yeah. Because I saw like a tweet that was like best football shithouses. And people kind of comment, a lot of people who like a Joey Barton, right? But he was crap. He always got sent off. Pickford always gets, yeah. Ramsdale gets put forward for that particular mantle you you want someone that does it all but actually gets results and that's what martinez, martinez. penalty wise yeah. he has is not a sporting bone in that man's body <laughs> uh, when you hold the golden glove to your penis that's a man who really doesn't give a shit about you <laughs> i adore him it's so good because it is like this is like there's so many pictures of like Messi holding like yeah. this is his picture that he's going to show his grandkids and it's him having the glove as a cock with some with I, with, what I can only describe as like a, a sort of high prince or something in the background <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just looking on at it it's so immature I have so much respect for it I love it and even them chanting about the Falklands in the lock that's so funny yeah come on yeah I mean Come on, it's in the past. <laughs> All of our atrocities are in the past now, and we don't like to bring them up. Um, fair play to Argentina, though. Yeah. Um, I would say Di Maria, I didn't see that happening where Di Maria all of a sudden had a personality transplant and became one of the best players on the pitch. He is kind of good in the finals, though. I feel like for Real, he had a few good finals. Because they they dropped, like, Acuna, who's been amazing for them, for Di Maria, who hasn't played that much. I don't think he's played since 1998. It felt like I haven't seen him for so long. I'd forgotten he existed. And... He just had, I, 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 he just had France in his pocket. Yeah. That full, that whole left side of the pitch was just completely like. Whenever he had the ball, they, he made such 
unbelievable attacking runs. His feet were brilliant. I was just like, this, who is this guy? This isn't what, and then, then he passes to Brighton's Mac Allister. And you're like, what is, why are Argentina playing with like a Di Maria who should have retired at least four years ago, probably, but he's probably only like 25. But I think of him as someone who's in his late thirties and fucking Mac Allister, who is a 23 year old super player from Brighton. Yeah, he's been the sort of, because again, he didn't start the tournament playing, but it was just like, I forgot, the, the, who did they have, like, Paredes or something in yeah. there? And I think they were just like, no, nah, we just need another workhorse in there, in the middle. And he does work hard. He always yeah. has for Brighton. I've always I've always noticed him at Brighton. Yeah. I knew he was a Brighton player, and he's, he's scored. He's quite he's he's got a good, good foot. He's a good uh, uh, FPL player this season. Is he? Because yeah. uh, I've not played fantasy this year. What's your views on fantasy? Because I find it stressful. Okay, I tell you what. For the first year ever, me and my friends did a draft league, which you just all have to get together in one day. and you draft. So everyone has a completely different team. You draft players, you can trade players, you can sign the free agents, right? And it's actually so much better because you don't have a captain... You don't really have to, it doesn't, it's not as much maintenance, which I think I always FPL by, you know, January, I've lost interest. Mm. And so this is a lot less maintenance. You just have your team and you can swap players if they get injured. But is it, it feels less maintenance, but also more maintenance because it feels like you're doing more swapping and more chopping and changing, or well, is it less stressful maintenance? It's less stress because you can kind of do it when you want. There hasn't been a trade yet between players because it just, no one really wants to trade. But you can get free agents and it's just a lot easier. And we also do head-to-head -head fixtures. So you can't fall that far behind. It's like a league, you get three points for a win, you know. So if someone gets, a, you know, Harland captain double points they're not going to like start winning by 100 points I was say anyone with Harland in their team this year yeah. must be absolutely delighted but I assume everyone has him in their team yeah you have to have him I mean he's he's got he's like everyone he's like what Salah has been for so many years yeah. in FPL I, yeah I haven't I haven't done it this year and actually I've not missed it in any way not yeah. even slightly when your team's losing it is actually horrible <laughs> and that is a thing like it, it, it just make me sort of not want to look at it but when you win oh, it feels did you ever play football manager back in the day oh yeah this is the first year I haven't bought it really yeah. oh you've are you weaning are you mid wean I think yeah I'm gonna have a year off maybe I'll come back next year I see I weed myself onto the thieves FIFA yeah, for, yeah, yeah. You, for, the, for, the, for the people not in the low FIFA thieves, but for, yeah, for the people who know yeah. career mode thieves. yeah thieves um I love career mode and I love pretending to be um, a football manager who yeah. takes someone like, at the moment I've got Charlton Athletic. Yeah, great team. I think 2023 is too easy. Yeah. Because I am on the, and I'm, this is not a brag, but it will come across as a yeah. brag because it is slightly a brag. I've won the Premier League in my first season up on ultimate mode. Yeah. I've, I'm, I, and then that reflects badly on me because it makes me look like I don't have a life. No, I think it look, looks great. I think you should take the glory. That's incredible. But who, I, who have you got for Charlton? So I haven't. I've kept the same team from the championship. Um, I got. I bought a guy called Bilal Hussein. Yeah. Who uh, I think was from AIK or somewhere mm. in Sweden. Unbelievably good. Tricky Sweet. winger. Uh, no, he's he's a centre mid and he just owns everything. Okay. I like my I like my y youngsters. Yeah, that's what I get. I got a guy called Jonah Chavez from um, Ecuador. He's a real person, and I've got him in. I got uh, Williams from Chelsea um, Youth Academy, mm. um, and kept him in. Hjelda from Leeds as Youth Academy, yeah, kept him in. So I just wow. I loaned people, and then I bought them from the loans. It was a very it's very different for me. Normally, I sort of just get the young sort of free agents and just try and make them yeah. amazing because I I very much play FIFA like Football Manager. Where yeah, that is free transfers. I love a free transfer. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I do miss. Is, is Football Manager, because I haven't played it for a couple of years now, has it moved on significantly in terms of gameplay? No, it hasn't at all. Good. It's exactly That's what I wanted same. to hear. And I think this year there's been like a bit of uh, backlash from kind of YouTube creators in f the Football Manager world because it. I think this year it hasn't changed at all. They've had nothing. That's, that's the problem with FIFA. Yeah. Is that they don't change career mode almost ever. Yeah. Because all the money is in Ultimate. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, this has turned into a gaming podcast, but I love but, it. But the thing is, it's like no other game 
would be re- a new one would be released every year other than like a sports game you know it's yeah, always like it, it's, a, it's quite a strain to put on the developers yeah. actually if you look at it like that they're expected to sort of reinvent the wheel every single time yeah. the one thing I wish they'd fucking do I mean if if FIFA can make good gra- relatively passable graphics yeah I mean it still looks like Sabutio football manager yeah it's so how bad. how have they still kept it so it looks worse than ps1 i don't the thing is i don't even watch that i, I always do the on, 2D, i always do 2D, the 2d dots 2d you feel like you're a genius as well yeah it feels a bit like like pokemon blue and pokemon red is like i can't really go i can't do anything more than those two in the in the blue or wash or the red wash yeah. it wouldn't feel right yeah. the same way i have with football manager i can't play it without it being 2d and with the little dots moving around because yeah. it just wouldn't feel like football manager it would feel like i'm watching what a worse fifa yeah and it's and it's weirdly less immersive because it's such bad graphics yeah that it you can't be part of it whereas the dots is so far removed from what football looks like you can actually get part of you can feel like you're just yeah like a player running down the wing as a dot is quite yeah exciting. i don't know why it feels like you're watching like a statistical analysis of it instead of the actual game yeah and i think that makes it feel much easier to just immerse yourself within. Yeah. Uh, but I do think FIFA's gameplay this year is best it's ever been. Yeah, I have I have played FIFA this year, but I don't have a console, so I I don't have it. You're like one of those people who don't have TVs. Uh, I, well, I don't have a TV box, and I really regretted that for this final. Yeah. Because um, sorry to move this on away from you not having a console. Yeah. yeah. Uh, is there a reason why you haven't a god? I think I just love it too much. I'll just play it too much. It's it is you it's know. my morning routine now. You know how some people do yoga in the mornings? Yeah. I wake up and play four games of FIFA and then start my you're day. ultimate for winning the league with Joe. <laughs> well, if I put this much commitment into the gym, I'd be a different person. But um, I, I, I don't buy it. I didn't want a TV box because I think Virgin, you know, Virgin Media. Yeah. They've got me by the knackers mm. because there are no other providers yeah. in, my, in my little area. So they upped my TV thing they were like yeah we can give you tv yeah but it will cost you like double what you're on now and i was like oh, it's already quite expensive what i'm on now and i'm just got internet yeah. so i stream very long-winded way to say i stream can't you just like whack an aerial in and you could watch the world cup i, I mean i could whack an aerial in. sure i could watch it whack it whack an aerial in but it wouldn't be hd would it would it yeah you can hd i, I would it i just assume flat, it's so i've got like, like a plug on the thing so i just plug it into the wall and that's the aerial on the roof bang Oh my god! I'm watching I, think, the World Cup. I, I think I'm clinically thick. Oh no! Just get an aerial. See, I watched it on iPlayer. Yeah, like, which is also I think it's only a, streaming has been good. It's really HD. It's like yeah. so HD, yeah. and I love like how HD it is. Yeah. But every single WhatsApp group ruined absolutely ev- without fail. Yeah. Every single moment of this Argentina France game yeah. was given to me before it actually happened on my TV screen because I was getting so excited by the game. I wanted to message my friends about it, yeah. and I was in that catch twenty two where every notification would even. I don't even need to read the notification. Yeah. I know it's telling me what's happened yeah you know something exciting's happened did you e- even look at it for the penalties that, no penalties i literally turned my phone over fuck that way yeah fuck that way because it ruined extra time it ruined even one of my friends knew that this was happening and sort of made up events which i quite liked because it, it made me think oh maybe that's not i can thing. question clever, everything clever yeah, 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 yeah. but yeah i remember a friend of my pod friend of my life and podcast emsley gave away one of the things and i said Oh, I'm streaming it and he was like oh yeah I forget I have to t- message you 40 minutes later for anything because I'm always streaming I feel like I'm weirdly in the past but in the future yeah well the thing is I illegally stream a lot of Premier League football so sorry uh, not on this podcast you don't <laughs> uh, I'd love to be sponsored by you LimeWire uh, <laughs> and that is uh, genuinely about four or five minutes behind and often um, do you get foreign commentary Sometimes it's American, which is just like Craig Burley anyway. So is that is that good? Well, I I do think sometimes um, the American commentary and kind of analysis is a bit less um, follows like the sort of British na- whatever the narrative is. It doesn't follow that as much, which I think sometimes like Sky can get bogged down with like talking about Harry Maguire every week or. It used to be Pogba, so I think it's good in that way. It's just because it's not got open. the media, yeah. sort of influencing. It's, it's not coverage. like a big deal over there, so it's just kind of some ex other ex pros talking about it. You know, that's see, I, 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 
some of the coverage this year I struggled with. I do f- struggle with some of the punditry. Mm. I, I don't know about you, but I'm finding... I, I Now, I've actually talked about Messi too much on this podcast already because I love what he's done to this World, but World Cup. But the coverage of this final yeah. was so Messi-centric yeah. that... It's almost like none of the rest of the Argentina won that goal, won that, um, won the me- won the medal. Fucking hell! It's like I've never watched football before. Won the World Cup. It felt very much like it was Messi's cup. Yeah, and I felt really. I don't know why, and this is probably wrong. If I was an Argentinian, I almost assume that the Argentinian coverage is going to be very similar. Mm. If I was an Argentinian player on that team, if I was Martinez, for instance, who sort of basically was like one of the most immaculate penalty savers. Yeah. And all they're hearing is Messi. It's like, well, I played my part, mate. Yeah. He they walks around. Messi he walks well. around. He just I, walks around. I mean, he is incredible, but he just yeah. walks around half the time. It is weird. And I think it was putting so much on the World Cup. Like, now it's like Messi, Ballon d'Or, even though he hasn't been great this season, really. No. But also, I think before this, I, I would have said, like, Messi's the greatest of all time. But I feel they wanted to put this like if Messi wins he's the greatest of all time but it's like I feel like he was the greatest of all time years ago yeah I, I don't you think know? we need to I, I think that's confirmed signed sealed delivered I don't yeah. think this makes him yeah. you're, you're right I don't think this makes him the world cup the the, the, the king of the world in, in football he's yeah. always been that really yeah. of our generation I should say Mbappe had a good game three goals yeah he's good <laughs> I, I love that uh, everyone Mbappe Quite a good player. I did think for a bit, though. I will confess, right? I am in a WhatsApp group, right? That was for a time called Mbappe overrated question mark. Right? Wow. Because I feel like as much as as English fans, we try and know about everyone in the world. Like I actually hadn't watched Mbappe that much. No, really, nor do I. Except yeah. the World Cup, which international football does it count. And then maybe in the Champions League, he hasn't really done it. No, I mean, I, I again, I feel like I never watched Liga. Yeah. Why would I? It's t- there's yeah. one team in that, and there is no drama. There is no drama in that league. It's a drama-free league. Why on earth would I watch it? I need drama leagues. That's why I love the championship so much. Yeah. No one knows what's going to happen next week. It's like Blackburn, top of the league. Yeah, they'll lose 3-1 to Preston or something fucking nuts. And you're like, yes, this is what I live for. Yeah. You watch like, Liga and you're like, oh... How many points are Paris Saint-Germain winning by this year? Yeah. I mean, I don't actually know. They might actually be like fifth or sixth or something. But Well, they do not win it more than you'd expect, which is, I think, sort of not great for them and some of their players in like the past. Where They've won the last couple of seasons, though, surely. Yeah, but I think the season before that, like Lille. Lille, won. yeah, I remember that. Fucking Lille. Lille won. Lyon won once. Yeah. Um, when was the last time Marseille won it? Marseille won it with, I think, Giroud. Ah, uh, I mean, which is talking about World Cups breakthroughs. Yeah. Giroud was unbelievable this World Cup. I was gutted when he got taken off in the first half. I've heard yeah. that he had a bit of an injury, so that, yeah. that and they he almost, wasn't happy though. No, of course he wouldn't be. He scored as many goals. I, I'm not sure how, what the level, what the goal ratio was between Mbappe and um, and Giroud, but it couldn't have been far off. Well, open play. I yeah. mean, Giroud had more, maybe didn't he? I assume so, because actually I think Mbappe had a few really good games, yeah. but he didn't have a consistently good like World Cup. Yeah. If you look at like, this is the thing I find exciting about this World Cup, which has been the best part, is that no one knows what team's going to win or lose. Because yeah. there was that one final group stage where just like everyone fucked it. Yeah. And it was so weird. That, that like, last group stage round of games is maybe the highlight even though this final was so good there's something about multiple games going on and like flicking between them that is just so like thrilling they can't get rid of it i mean i think infantino's seen the light with that i think they've seen the light with actually don't break this it works really well as a world cup um but yes i think I, i could not i could not believe Argentina, after dominating for 80 minutes, France looking like really ill. Yeah. They looked ill. That Argentina somehow managed to let a two-goal lead slip for the second time in the knockout yeah. rounds. How have they done that? That was crazy. And I almost like stopped fully watching it because I was like, ah, this is over. It's looked over. Like they were making substitutions, Argentina, like it was over. You know? 
and even France would take you know bringing on like kind of youngsters to try and change the game it's like this is a match that is over it felt so over I think it was like the most over game of football I've watched in yeah. ages I felt so calm about Argentina I was I got to the point of that game where I'd f finally stopped looking at the screen and just started wandering on my phone start planning the week yeah <laughs> Do you know what I mean? when you sort of just slowly just to go oh, okay they're just passing it around now that's fine yeah I and mean, then all of a sudden I look up and there's a penalty and that yeah. felt like that came out of nowhere. Yeah. Well, actually, I knew to look up because my phone told me. Yeah. I was like, okay, look up. Um, I think that's the real pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> Being told that sporting events before it happens. Spoilers. Spoilers, spoilers. Um, I, I just didn't think France could ever get back into it. I mean, what a goal by Mbappe. To did you it. want Argentina to win? Yes. You did. I think weirdly I did, and I didn't. I didn't think yeah. I would. I kind of did as well, but I didn't really like because again going into it, I wasn't. I was like France and Argentina. I don't really care that much. Which relatively unlikable team do you want to win? Yeah. Hmm. But then it was like Messi kind of getting. It is kind of. It is that thing of like wanting the moments. I'm not even the biggest Messi fan, but you know. I got swept up in it, Harry. It I wanted the Messi moment. Yeah. Apparently, he's been making a documentary for a while, including this whole World Cup. And that, that has been following him this Do whole Do you time. think that would be good? Because he seems, and I'm being polite here, like the most fucking dull guy that has mm. ever... Like, he is the capital of dull town. He is dull city. He is dull as fuck. He's dull aff. But maybe he's not. I think he's... Imagine if he wasn't. Imagine if he was funny. Could you imagine if Messi was funny? I think he might be um, just a bit like different and kind of shy. But he, a whole documentary following him, it could be good. It'd be, do you know, I'd love it if he was shy. You don't get many sh shy yeah. sports stars, do you? Like, like genuinely just a bit shy. Yeah. I, and I also think as well, so much of like loving Messi or like wanting Messi to succeed is more of a reaction to hating Ronaldo, you know? You're quite right there, because I've noticed a lot of a lot of my a lot of the chat around it was, I wonder what Ronaldo is doing now. Yeah. I bet he's crying into his cornflakes. Yeah. I bet he's looking into a mirror and screaming and all this sort of stuff. And I just think, I wonder if that will just be what our generation will think forever and ever and ever and ever, and we'll never see these two in isolation as for their achievements. It will always be them pitted against each other. Yeah, and I think especially, like, if you go on, like, Twitter, if there's just, like, a random tweet that is, like, pro-Messi, people, will, like, Ronaldo fans will reply as if it's, like, slandering Ronaldo because it's almost the same thing. Saying Messi is good to Ronaldo fans is the same as saying Ronaldo shit. You're so right, and this is a problem throughout all sport because yeah. you've got the same thing um, in MotoGP between Marquez and Rossi. That was always a thing. If you yeah. liked Marquez and you hate Rossi, and that was always a thing. Same in F1 when Hamilton versus Verstappen became a thing. And actually, if you look back in history, what we remember is like Prost v Senna. You remember these two, yeah. quite often you'll have a, an amazing person and a person that was almost as amazing. Yeah. And Federer and Nadal. Uh, Federer and Nadal. Yeah. Um, poor Djokovic. He'll never be, he'll never, he'll never be seen in the same light but as Federer. Djokovic is the one that everyone hates, whereas everyone loves Federer and Nadal. Or it's like Djokovic is like, oh, he's a bit of a prick. He feels like the prick at a party but that everyone so talks best. to, but you're just like, but he's very good. He is. I think he's a bit dodgy though. I have no, I have no evidence apart from a video that looked dodgy about with his trainer putting a thing in a water bottle. Oh, that makes sense because he's his comebacks. He's got the gas tank to come back when he's down. If he has all of the attributes of an evil villain, yeah. and it would be so evil villain if he became a drugs cheat. Yeah, or was a drugs cheat. Yeah. Who do you think of the drugs cheats that haven't been outed? I think there's loads. <laughs> I think there's more than we think. I think... Could we get sued for this? I don't give a shit. Uh, if we did, no one... No, like, this is based on no fact. Disclaimer. I, I think that uh, Bayern team that won the Champions League a couple of years ago, they all 
if you remember their players like Goretzka, Coutinho, they all went there and then became incredibly muscular <laughs> and then played an unmatchable high-press system. Like, Do you think that was just the Bielsa effect? Maybe Bielsa was there just going, press! <laughs> Look, I think he can make any team. If it, maybe, I, maybe it, it is Bielsa. good fitness management, but I think there are more drugs cheats than you think. Yeah, a friend of mine always thinks Mo Farah is a drugs cheat. Oh, really? Because his coach was a big helper of the drugs cheats. Yeah. Honestly, I, yeah, I think a lot of them are. Uh, this is, what we've done now is made a conspiracy podcast. <laughs> I, but again, no facts based, no facts there. Just, just thoughts, just vibes, really, guys. Because what I'll say is, sports where there is more robust drug testing, like MMA or boxing, they catch loads more people. So it's just like, kind of seems like the more drug testing you do, the more people you catch. Athletics seems to have quite a lot as well. Yeah. They seem to have got quite tight on it. Yeah. Um, and I, and I think it is it's you, there's a big scandal and then there's a crackdown and i think the way i think the way we look at like performance enhancing drugs is quite like narrow-minded as well i think it, it really is just like supplements with a bit of something in that cycles out like it's not like they're taking steroids and getting yeah i wonder what i wonder what the real world effects of them are yeah. because i think you look at cycling obviously that's had huge issues with that kind of thing yeah and you think i wonder just i uh, there was I can't remember what comedian sort of said it would be great just to see them all on the most performance enhancing drugs just to see how fast you can make a human run yeah. like th th there's an argument to say just let them do it and see yeah. who make it a bit like F1 make 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 athletics a bit like F1 where you're just always tweaking the machine the machine being the athlete yeah it's like some just, years you're allowed this it's like yeah. oh that was too much we'll give them all... an aerofoil why not <laughs> yeah. give them a spoiler uh, give them DRS give <laughs> give 100 meters runners a DRS I want to see it. It'll be exciting. And because it was the swimmers with those suits. Do you remember that? Oh, God, yeah, the suits. They are remarkably skin tight now. Yeah. Because they, the, yeah, they, they banned a suit because it was making them go too fast. But it's like, why not just let everyone have the suit? Well, they say this about football balls as well, don't they? they go, yeah. they, that, that changes all the time. The technology changes. And there was yeah. that one ball that swerved a hell of a lot. I think it was yeah. the South African um, World Cup where it was a very swervy ball. Yeah. So it was very hard for goalkeepers to save it. Be none of that controversy for this World Cup of ball-based controversy. No. It was. It's all. I think everyone's just been quite happy with this World Cup, apart yeah. from obviously the human rights issues yeah. and the workers' rights issues, and uh, obviously that's awful and abhorrent, and it's it should never have been there. I still firmly believe that. Yeah. Um, I was talking to someone who is of Middle Eastern descent, though, and he said something really interesting to me, which I hadn't perhaps given enough airtime in my own brain, of the coverage towards human rights issues in Qatar versus the human rights issues in Russia for the yeah. last World Cup. And actually, if you look at the World Cup in the Americas, yeah. there's not much coverage on the global footprint, the climate footprint. There's not much coverage on the fact that gun crime there is so high that it's not necessarily the safest place you can... Yeah. And I mean, I, I don't know how I, how I feel about this, but um, when you look at the teams in in the world cup that, that there were there were eight teams where it's a it's illegal to be gay that yeah. are in the world cup already there are loads of locations where that's an issue is a, i suppose the question he was putting forward is a sporting event designed to just be focusing on that one country or should it be highlighting the broader issue around the world and i kind of didn't know where i stood with that yeah. I, I couldn't really c come up with a, the right i think it's kind of a gray area yeah because there, there definitely is value in like sporting competitions that include everyone even if they have governments or human rights things that are not good you know and i think there is like a value in everyone being included obviously russia weren't included this year but i don't know it's hard to know where you draw the line and is hosting a line you draw like participate like north korea were in a world cup you know yeah it, it, it's what constitutes to poor human rights yeah because i my my personal boundary i think this is where i stand with it is if not everyone can go yeah then that's poor human rights yeah so if lgbt community for instance can't go if women can't go comfortably that's poor human rights for me and that you shouldn't be able to go if women can't dress how they want where yeah. they go i don't think that should be that i don't that's good human rights and obviously that then isolates a big portion of the middle east and africa 
and then you're sort of isolating those locations by Western ideals of what we consider is human rights. Yeah, and it is a there is a sticky issue there as to if we sort of take place if we take sporting events to these locations we have to use that same level of criticism going forward now i think across any sporting event of going well what are the real issues here for this sporting event to be affected by yeah. and i think is i think as long as it goes back to the sporting event and how that that's affected so yeah. for instance this world cup was affected by the fact fans couldn't go there and feel comfortable so there was not as much support um, particularly the, the Netherlands brought, I think, about five people uh, to yeah. the World Cup. I think that, that, I think, is the issue. Yeah. So that's where I think sporting events can be both politically and socially understanding and sensitive whilst making sure that the sport is accessible for everyone yeah. and making sure that the sport isn't highly politicised because it's, it's, it's taking an action of as long as a person can go regardless of race creed whatever that should be rule number one yeah i i so i think on a, a roundabout way i think qatar have been rightly highlighted for having incredibly poor human rights but we should probably open up that scope and apply that to any sporting event in the future i think this is a watershed moment of a sporting event in a place where it's very hostile. Yeah. Let's make sure that we do that same thing to every location that we go in from now. He also made a very good point about... Oh, it's not a very good point. It's a point that I've seen as a counter-argument to Qatar is people using the UK's involvement of war mm. in the same way, well, that's not safe and that's murder. But I think they're two different things as human rights and war, and I think they sit on different parallels. Yeah. No human life is more important than the other, of course, but... I think they're different arguments. So yeah, I get one is related directly to the kind of hosting of the sporting event. Yeah. Uh, so I, 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 so that's where I stand on that. But it was an interesting thought, and I thought I'll talk to you about it and see where I end up in my brain and where I end up and in my mouth. I do think as well because I, I remember in the lead up to Brazil, it was, and they did the Olympics as well. But I think um, the public of Brazil were really against it and thought it was a massive waste of money and it ended up costing way more than they thought it would. And I think there is something about, like, this kind of... Hosting the World Cup is a bit of a poison chalice and I don't think that many teams wanted to host it to the level that FIFA wanted it to be, be hosted at and Qatar could do that and Qatar would probably be willing to pay and build these stadiums and stuff where it's like... Or we can just have it in England where you've got all the stadiums already. And, but they don't seem to really want to do that. Yeah, it's interesting that. And the, the sort of and the broadening of, lo, of how yeah. far the locations are, Mexico to North America, for instance, is, yeah. a, is almost half the world yeah. <laughs> in terms of span. Yeah. And actually looking at the Euros being hosted in Europe, yeah. if they didn't have such an awful eco footprint i think i'd be understanding towards that being a good step forward for sporting events yeah but that's more down to people tra it would be good if it was just like you know but people will travel to every location right but maybe they shouldn't maybe local people should just go to their one well an interesting thing bringing up the brazilian world cup because um casey green was on the podcast and sort of talked about how they built walls really big walls yeah. to cover up any of the poorer areas so that visitors didn't have to look at the poverty in brazil yeah I don't think any sporting event has been, particularly for uh, a World Cup, has been without some kind of worry or scandal. I don't, I don't remember much about the South African Grand Prix, South African World Cup, but I'm almost certain there will be something that would have been yeah. a concern there. So I think there are levels to it. And I, I think as, it, as a gay person, I draw a very strict line around yeah. whether they think I'm illegal or not. Yeah, but, and you, you know you wouldn't host it in like apartheid Africa. Like there, there are lines of like who can go here, you know. Mm. And I think that is probably. But FIFA don't want to draw a line; they just want a glossy event, a glossy event, and they want to kind of talk around it. And no, no one really wants to draw a line because then you have to stick to it. You know, even people who are against it might not want to draw a line because then it's like you have to stick to it in the future. And the, the problem is, is FIFA did draw did say. The whole point of the hosting events is that so that they can bring shine a light on these issues. Yeah, and I think they failed on day one with that when they started banning any mo any modes of of protest. Yeah, 
um, apart from obviously if it's a Palestinian flag, they're fine with that. Uh, <laughs> they're fine with that. But the gays, it's uh, anal sex is much more disturbing to them. Um, maybe they just tried it. Give it, give it, a give go. it a go. That's maybe. not your protest T-shirt. Yeah. Give it a go. Give it a go. Take it up the arse. <laughs> take it up the Aris. Um, go all Cockney with it. Um, that is Cockney rhyming slang, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, you're London. You're you're yeah, you're the London consultant. I don't really know Cockney rhyming slang. Now I'm from West London. Oh, you're from West East London. London. Yeah, good it's point. All, it's all, no one uses it. And that makes you a Chelsea fan, correct? I'm a Chelsea fan. We've got back-to-back Chelsea fan-based podcasts coming up because my next oh, podcast is who's a Chelsea that? fan. He's with a uh, athlete and um, sort of personal trainer and LGBT advocate, uh, Jake Williamson. It's a very good interview. I filmed it earlier, and he, he's an absolute treat. He's really, really lovely, but also a Chelsea fan. So I just want to say this isn't a Chelsea suede podcast. It's just coincidence. Well, look, everyone hates Chelsea, so I like to. They do, don't they? Like that's not that's not a bold statement. Everyone hates Chelsea. Everyone hates Chelsea. You're the new Millwall. Well, Chelsea and Millwall are the two hate, and we also hate each other. I think, although I've never really. Well, they don't. You don't cross paths very often unless it's an FA Cup or League Cup. Um, But yeah, Chelsea through and through. Potter in Potter we trust. So you you are in Potter we trust. Well, look, I think I would never have got rid of Tuchel. I love Tuchel. I think he's the best. Like, if Southgate were to go, I would have wanted Tuchel. Well, he's already thrown his hat in the ring, hasn't he? He's brilliant. And he loves living in London as well. He was, like, devastated to have to move because his visa ran out because he got sacked. It all started to get a bit weird when... Uh, when Chelsea obviously had that huge issue with with a Russian billionaire owning them. Yeah. As soon as that started to fall apart, Tuchel's job, and uh, it feels like your new owners are a bit worrying. <laughs> if you're a Chelsea fan, I'd be panicky about the new owners because They're... they seem a bit switched off from reality. That is the thing with them. I actually think like their vision for the club is really good. And is exactly what you want. It's like they've played football manager and they're like, we're going to get all the best young players from out the world, have the best recruitment. And it all sounds great, but then you look at what they do and I think they are underestimating how hard it is to do that. The Liverpool footprint, essentially. Yeah. It's what Liverpool did brilliantly. It's Obviously, Man City did a very similar job, but Liverpool did the young, build a team, yeah. keep the team pretty much the same with a couple of tweaks. They're trying to do the rebuild again now, which I think will work. Yeah. I don't know. I just felt like it wasn't broke with you guys. Well, we were onto a good thing. I think we had a load of good young players. I think, you know, I think Lampard was a really good manager for us in terms of bringing the youth through. Bringing the youth through. Tuchel was great. Had his issues for sure, but I think... He was always going to. If you look at his track record, every single place he's he's blown up with the board at some stage. Yeah, that, but all the elite managers do, unless the board give them what they want. And I think that is, I think, what Bowley and maybe some owners underestimate. Like, if you want an elite manager, you're going to have to make compromises on the way you work. And that is just how it is. And I don't... They've got Potter, who I think is a good manager and has talent, isn't an elite manager yet. I think they've got him because he won't be. He seems like a really switched on calm man. Yeah. And they want a calm man. They don't want a Tuchel because he's too fiery and they will get, they will have fallouts. Whereas I think Potter will be very patient, very articulate, but Chelsea have to do the un-Chelsea thing of giving him a couple of years because he's not going to be immediately sort that team out. But in a couple of years, I think if you give Potter time, he will work. That will work. Yeah, and I think now we've got to give them time. Like, they've kind of, they've made the decision and you, that's it now. We're on this Potter road and let's go. It doesn't always work out. Bristol City are giving uh, Pearson uh, a load of time at the moment. It's, it's, we're, we're well and truly into Is that Nigel Pearson? Yeah. Oh. We are. He's he's full interesting drama in the. He's a character. Yes, and his character is getting him in trouble now because uh, he's a very arrogant quite acerbic guy in the media and he's very much he's not afraid of throwing a player under the bus yeah and unless this is his son unless it's his son unless it's his son (laughs) um who hasn't signed for us yet um but yeah he's playing midfielders in defense at the moment um ahead of good defenders yeah ahead of good defenders who i rate and think if you give him time and a bit more confidence maybe they'll perform better but what league of bristol city in the championship we're 17th at the moment lost to stoke on the weekend and i'm fine with that 
Go down to League One, get some wins. Uh, I kind of, I just have blind faith that we'll have a playoff battle at some stage in our future in the Championship, like yeah. we did when we lost in the in the final. Uh, anyway, lovely memory. Now oh, the past. It's a hard season, and I don't know where I stand. It's very hard when you when you're when you don't know where, where you stand with the manager because I understand yeah. the positives of what some of the things he's done is good. Yeah. I also understand that some of the negative sides of his personality and actually is he going to get the best out of this team or is he going to just destroy their confidence? Yeah. I just don't know. Yeah, there are some managers that are like that. It's like it's either going to really work or it's going to... He's got good previous. Like what he did with Leicester was incredible before yeah. he got sacked. For his personality, not the personality results. Personality, not the results. And then what we need, we need to get sack him, get Ranieri in. He's probably fine. <laughs> yeah. Get Ranieri Win in immediately. <laughs> Win the championship. Which is, let's face it, anyone's fucking league anyway. No one really. Roll the dice. Who's going to go top? We don't know. West Brom in the relegation zone. What? Who's top now? Uh, last time I checked, it was Blackburn. Oh, but I yeah. think it might be Burnley now. So I think Burnley are top. Um, but it's very much a Lancashire sort of um, battle at the moment between Burnley and Blackburn. That's Lancashire battle, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, probably. Probably. I don't know. Blackburn, I'd like to see Blackburn back up. Oh, I do. They're as well. a team of like a Premier League team of my childhood. You know? They are as well. It's same. So my, I, we'll probably have a similar team. So we're a similar age. Uh, Blackburn, Charlton, uh, Wimbledon, uh, Sheffield Wednesday. Oh yeah. Do you remember these teams being? Oh, Middlesbrough. Middlesbrough. Well, yeah, Middlesbrough. Ipswich. Ipswich had that season yeah. where they finished like fourth, didn't they? Yeah. Those were the teams of my youth. I just. I, st- I, I maybe I'm getting there's a part of me that's just like I'd love to see them up there Preston was just a little bit before my time but they weren't that far away from the, yeah. sort of probably in the early 90s I guess yeah I, I've never seen Preston in the top I think top they were eight. division one yeah. maybe they weren't well they've the got league. like league titles don't they yeah old division one league titles oh the past anyway I think what we've done there actually is quite nice because we tied, we did the World Cup, but we also went into the political side of things. And I think it's important because do you think sports, do you think Qatar have succeeded in their sports washing agenda? It's a big question, a hard question, but do you think they've, they've, hmm. they've successfully sport washed? Yes. I do as well. And it's, it, it's, it's a gut punch. And I'll tell you why. And it is that thing where just because a country has like these bad things about it, it doesn't mean it's all bad. And that I'm sure there are loads of nice things about Qatar. And I think a lot of them we have seen and it isn't just the football. It's like, yeah, these, it is just a country where, you know, there are nice things about it. And, you know, the not drinking maybe is nice for an event. And there are, I think a lot of things even outside of the football that has made Qatar look quite nice. So I think, yeah, they, I think they have achieved it. And I think it always does. I, Sport washing does seem to always it's win. It's really effective. It's weird. If you give a very rich country at the world stage to portray themselves however they want to portray themselves, yeah, um, and you get the criticism from the media loosely, um, people are quite quick to try and rally against it because I think there's also an argument to say that people want to go against what's being said in the media as well. Yeah, and it's always so much like hypocrisy you can point out, you know, and that is just what it is. So people can f- focus on that, and they can find like legitimate points about Gary Neville saying this or whatever they mm. want, because there are so many like points of hypocrisy from all these people that have organised sporting events, because you know some are. You know, all the ones he talks about. You know. There's a grey area in life. Life is one massive grey area. It doesn't mean that some factors of what people are saying are right and wrong. Yeah. Like Gary Neville probably chose the wrong time to start talking about like the sort of strikes that are happening in the yeah. UK <laughs> on our TV. <laughs> Let's be honest. That's a weird time to bring that up. Yeah. It's not wrong, though. Yeah. It's just the wrong timing. Yeah. Um, And I think what tends to happen in modern society now, and this is due to the joy that is social media, is that issues get pitched against each other, mm. like they're Messi or Ronaldo. Yeah. It's, there's always, oh, is it gay rights or is it workers' rights or is it, yeah. um, is it the war in Iraq versus the, 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 the war on gay people? Yeah. Or, what, well, you, the Britain can't say that because they've done this. Or, well, Qatar can't say that because they've done this. Yeah. 
it's always pitched against each other instead of just isolating out these human rights issues or yeah. these societal issues and going, that's wrong. That needs to change. And we need to stop using comparison as a way of legitimizing bad behavior in countries. Yeah. And that is what the media have somehow created. Yeah, I can't see it changing either. No. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> um, Harry, thank you so much for coming on this podcast. It's been an absolute joy to have you on. We'll have you back immediately. I love having you on. Um, hopefully some lighter chat that isn't necessarily about uh, horrible world events. Um, if you have joined us on the Big Sport Pod, thank you so much for joining us throughout the World Cup specials. It's been an absolute joy to make them. We've got plenty coming up in the new year. We've got loads of ideas. We've got loads of sport to come in 2023. Um, so if I don't see you before, I'll probably see you before in the next episode that I release. If I don't see you before, have a Merry Christmas all. And Harry, before we go, before we go, went quite West Country, before yeah, we go. I loved it. Um, how can people find you? What have you got coming up? Have you got anything to talk about and plug? Uh, I'm at Harry Monaghan on Twitter and Instagram. Do you want to just spell the surname? It will be on in the link in the bio. H-A-R-R-Y-M-O-N-A-G-H-A-N. That's me. Um, yeah, I have a couple of podcasts, so you can get the links on there. One about shopping, one about the bake-off. Oh, the shopping one is good. It's with Anya Magliano, isn't it? Yeah. In hiatus at the moment, but you can catch up on all the old apps. She's very busy at the moment, Anya. She is, she is almost on everything and is just doing an amazing job. Yeah, so... Coattails, mate, coattails. Get on oh, them coattails. I, I'm waiting for someone to blow up Look, in my we're, life. I'm on this podcast as well. Yeah. So that's something... This is the same as being on Off Menu. Yeah, the, 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 <laughs> this really is the same as Off Menu. The listenership, very similar. Um, okay, great. Are you, are you uh, doing Edinburgh next year? Have you got plans? I don't have plans. I might not. Oh, it's lovely, and it? It's liberating we'll when you think that. We'll see. Oh, I can't wait to not do it next um, year. But yeah, I, I should, I'm looking to have a busy year next year. So if you follow me on social media see what i'm up to and please do he's wonderful he's just one of the nicest people in comedy um join us next time uh on the big sport pod i love you all goodbye thank you so much for watching and or listening to this podcast if you've enjoyed it please consider donating to the ko-fi link in the episode description it will just hopefully help me make more of these um i produce and make all of them myself it all comes out of my own wallet at the moment and it is quite expensive um so i'd like to be able to make this a regular thing so if you want to help me do that please consider donating anyway i love you lots uh, until next time goodbye